Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And in our continuing coverage of the dissolution of American democracy, the presidential race has, quote unquote, added another wrinkle. Danielle, Kanye West is, quote unquote, in the race. He's not actually in the race. He hasn't filed any of the paperwork. He hasn't gotten any of the signatures. He's not. His name will not be on the ballot in any state. And yet pollsters are asking people, would you vote for Kanye? And 2% of America is saying yes. And people are freaking out because any possible roadblock to Joe Biden dethroning the orange menace is making people rightly freak out. Are you freaking out about the Kanye candidacy? I fucking hate Kanye. Okay. <laughs> and so like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do you even listen very... to, his, do you listen to the music or no? No, I cut off Kanye the same way that I cut off um, R. Kelly, the same way I don't listen to Chris Brown, the same way, like, I can't stand any of these narcissistic, self-serving motherfuckers. And so let's be very clear about what Kanye is doing. He hasn't filed any paperwork. He hasn't done a goddamn thing except make an announcement on Twitter. Okay, so he, basically he's already president, if that's what we're going by. Right, you can right. just make announcements and proclamations on Twitter, and then everybody takes them seriously, thanks to Donald Trump. I am just annoyed by the fact that pollsters don't have anything more important to do. Like, I don't know, fascism hasn't arrived at the shores of America, that there aren't children in cages, that Roger Stone wasn't just pardoned, that we don't have a pandemic that has infected over 3 million people, that 136,000 people aren't dead. But yeah, let's Police talk about violence, Kanye and his, and, B BLM. you know, and- Black Lives Matter uprising, other black people being murdered. You know, let, let's but yeah, let's focus on Kanye and well, and Kim Kardashian I, as, I a, mean, as a possible I, other nude first lady. I, let's I, do I, that I, instead. <laughs> I think we can, as a nation, talk about multiple things at once. People are still in the streets protesting for BLM. People are still dying of COVID. People are still fighting to not wear masks. And we are in sort of a stasis point in terms of the election race. Joe Biden has not yet announced a vice president. There's very little campaigning. So people are bored. So when someone like Kanye says, I'm running for bored? president. Well, in people are bored to a race? Yes, just in terms of the race has not changed. The race has not moved forward. People are not campaigning. Joe Biden is not making big pronouncements. Trump is being the same stupid Trumpy that he's been for three plus years now. So nothing has changed, right? Later this month, I presume it'll be this month or next month, when uh, Biden announces vice president, the race will have new energy, right? When we finally get to these conventions in August, uh, the race will have new energy. But right now, this is the sort of sleepy time. So for a Kanye to say conveniently right before he puts out another album, I'm going to run for president, people want to seize on it. Uh, there was a poll yesterday that talked about Biden, Trump head to head. I believe it was 48 to 40 for Biden. When you add Kanye and other third party names, Biden stayed at 48. Trump went down to 39. As far as culture, Kanye's audience is very black. I imagine it's also white. Is it? 
Uh, yeah, I, I would imagine so. I don't think that so. Kanye's audience is really that black anymore. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say yes. There are black people that still listen to him, but I would mostly think, especially in the way in the bullshit that he puts out these days, that he is playing towards a white audience. I will give you. I, I, I am a much bigger fan of Kanye's music than you are. Although I will grant you, when you say the bullshit he puts out. Like the last two albums that his solo albums were doo doo uh-huh. trash that I listened to once and hope to never hear again because they were horrible. Um, the two worst albums of his career, but I still, as a longtime music person, I will still listen to Kanye and give him a chance musically to see what he's talking about musically because I still think he's interesting musically. Um, but so I say that to say, as a political entity, we have understood for four years that he is a right-wing figure. We don't know why. He's not been able to articulate why he likes Trump. Uh, but he has been standing with Trump fairly consistently for four years from from uh, when he was president-elect to an insane meeting in the Oval Office, on and on, wearing the red hat, triggering, triggering the fuck out of a lot of us. And I think when we move from a cultural realm to a political realm— we understand him as a race traitor, right? Similar ah. to a Candace mm-hmm. Owens, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, Diamond and Silky or whatever. And like... <laughs> Herman Cain, Ben Carson. I mean, you know. And so uh, when we talk about politics, folks are not like, oh, I'm going to vote for him. I'm going to consider... Like, he has no interesting political ideas whatsoever, he has interesting no. cultural ideas, but he has nothing interesting to say politically. No, and I think I think that that's right. I, you know, what got me, and I think that what struck people with Kanye initially, the foray into politics, and I use that term loosely and with air quotes and italicized and in parentheses, that when he started talking about slavery— Right. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that slavery was a choice. And oh, after, you know, 400 years, like that's a choice then. I, you know, what what always chills me about that is that Kanye's mother was a teacher. Right. Like what 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 strikes at the heart is that his first album was College Dropout. And there is there is this similarity emphasis between on dropout. This this dropout, college dropout, I don't give a fuck. No, but I emphasis you, on dropout rather than college. <laughs> he didn't go for that long. Didn't he have it? He didn't he didn't he go to college? I think he was I've memory serves, I think he did like a semester and was like, I'm good. Well, that's probably about what Trump did on his own. But my point here. <laughs> well, now we my, know that Trump paid somebody else know, to do the SAT so, for him. And so here's my point is that there is this parallel that I think is actually really and by interesting, I mean alarming between Donald Trump and Kanye West. And I think that Kanye West's obsession with Donald Trump is because he is obsessed with the fact that there is somebody that is as absorbed in self, as absorbed in their ego as Kanye is in himself. Yeah. And there is this distaste for education, right? Yeah. They both profess to the fact that they don't read, 
right? Education is not high up on their, you know, their, their, their level of uh, what they deem to be successful, what successful people do. Now, I will give it to Kanye that as it pertains to music and culture, Kanye should stay in that lane because in that lane, he has done incredible things yeah. for, for society, for the world at large, and for the way in which he's been able to meld music. Donald Trump hasn't added anything no. to society no. whatsoever. Nothing. He is an extractor. He yeah. takes away, right? Yeah. He takes away as much as possible. Kanye West actually does provide. Um, I just wish that he would provide in the lane that he is. And I'm not pulling a Laura Ingram and saying, right. shut up and dribble. I'm right. just saying, you don't say anything that makes any fucking sense as it pertains to politics. So don't offer anything. I mean, I think as opposed to Laura Ingram, you're like, I'm listening to you. You're not saying shit. So go back to where you are saying something as opposed to LeBron making a thoughtful political statement from his place of knowledge and Laura Ingram dismissing him. I think your ego point is really astute and dead on. And I think Kanye definitely probably sees that. Look, you know, the notion of Kanye saying he's going to run for president is like the outgrowth uh, like the ugly outgrowth of something that was once beautiful, right? I, I've I've covered Kanye for a long time. I've interviewed Dr. West, his mom. Um, part of what happened is that they were a single parent, single child unit for a long time. Kanye's father left the home when he was pretty young. And part of what Dr. West did was she told him, you can do anything. And she really filled him Mm -hmm. with this sense of like, you can accomplish anything. And like far Mm -hmm. more than most of us are getting from our parents. She really spoiled him. She used that word. She made him feel entitled. She made him feel like you can accomplish anything. And when he was saying, first he said, I want to be a video game designer. And then that led to, well, I really like the music part, so I'm going to focus on that. And then he said, I'm going to be a rapper, which people said was ridiculous. And the notion of a producer becoming a rapper is ridiculous. Um, But he believed in himself so much that he accomplished that. And then he was like, I'm going to become one of the biggest rappers in the world, which seemed ridiculous. And he accomplished that. And now when he talks about, you know, I want to design hotels, I want to create a Kanye world that is akin to a Walt Disney world. These are gigantic, grandiose ideas that are actually not out of his realm, that he could actually design a hotel uh, group that would be really interesting. He could design a Kanye world that could be a really interesting group of of rides and experiences. He believes that he can do anything, and there is something beautiful in a black person who truly believes that they can accomplish anything. Now, when you get to the realm of presidency, which actually has a massive impact on a lot of people, like I can choose to not go to Kanye world if I don't want to. I cannot choose to not be affected by Donald Trump. And when you have no political experience and no political ideas and no political know-how, you should not be playing around with the presidency. That said, I don't fear that some significant number of of black people in Chicago or in uh, New York or in L.A. or in Miami will say, I'm going to vote for Kanye instead of Biden, even though his name will not be on the ballot. I'm going to vote for Kanye instead of Biden. 
and that will somehow throw some major state to Trump. Trump is losing or close in Texas. Texas. Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. should be scared for his political life because he is halfway in the grave. And Kanye opening his mouth will not save Trump. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us, a nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. And I think I think that there is this. Look, I, I think that one, to your point about a, a black man, black people in general, being able to dream outside of the box that society has placed them in is exceptional, right? Yes. Uh, you know, I think about Beyonce's Lemonade. I think about, yes. you know, Black King that will be coming out. I think about what it means to be able to create and exist outside of the constraints of white supremacy. And this is what these artists have been able to do. I think that Kanye imagining a world where he creates around himself because he sees himself as the sun in one way is incredibly narcissistic, narcissistic and insane, but Walt Disney did the same thing. So I think that, you know, again, you're an artist dreamscape, a different world, dream big for, for us, allow people to see what it is that they can move beyond. Right. That's the beauty of someone like him. But stay the fuck away from actually having real effects on people's lives, right? Like politics, and, and this is the thing. 26, 2015, when Donald Trump came down that fucking escalator and started talking a bunch of hot shit, people thought it was funny. People thought it was interesting. They wanted to be entertained because they think that, you know, they thought that Hillary Clinton was boring. She was a moderate. There wasn't anything that was adding spice to their lives. I don't want my life to be spicy. I want it to be sane at this fucking point. And so I don't need to be entertained. And there is no more... um thought about what could Donald Trump possibly do? Everything that we were saying back in 2015 and 2016, Mm. we didn't know was going to come to fruition. We had a pretty good idea based on what the fuck was coming out of his mouth and who he was surrounding himself with. And so the idea that Kanye would pull votes away from Biden, you would have to be, he's not the Jill Stein of this, of this moment. He's not, he's not offering anything to anyone in terms of, oh, let me, let me vote for him because Joe Biden isn't doing it. Kanye is doing it because he has an album coming out. He is desired. He wants to be, continue to be entangled with the people and in the conversation. He is the August Alina of the 2020 election. Back the fuck up. 
Well, okay. you know, it's interesting you use the word of the year, at least for Black America, entanglement. Um, yes. Kanye's entanglement with the presidential election will not last into August. See what I did there? Because <laughs> he he's only talking well about it as long as he's trying to put out an album. Now, when you bring up Jill Stein, it makes me think, okay, moving away from Kanye specifically, if we have a situation where we are not fully invested or in love with Joe Biden, he's not giving us everything that we need. Let's say we are real progressives and we are not feeling like the Democratic Party is truly speaking to us in this moment. Obviously, we hate Trump. Is it acceptable to consider a third-party vote? Do we have to compromise and vote for the Democrat? Or can we, and, and maybe Jill Stein is or isn't your cup of tea, but just the notion of can we vote for a third-party candidate or is that throwing your vote away? Torre, at this stage in the game, it's not throwing away your vote. It's throwing away your life and that uh, that of your family, that of your friends. This is not hyperbolic at this point. There is no like what if about, oh, well, what if somebody else were to join? We have but what, four and a half months until the election? So, so you reject the third party argument, which some smart people do not. Um because it's Trump and the existential threat that he poses to black and brown and gay lives. If it was Romney and Obama or, you know, a less high pitched choice than a less dangerous choice, then would you be, then would you be able to consider a third party? So what you're asking me to do is take myself out of the present moment, create a hypothetical, and then say that, oh, third party would be well, fine? Well, sure. no. Well, no. I In mean, like- general, I think that I think that if we did not have to suffer between one or the other, if we had a multitude of choices, I think, yes, more choices make more possibility for things to get right. But that is not how America was created. And right now, we are living in an existential threat. And it is imminent disaster. So I don't want to waste the time. I mean, I don't want to waste the time either. I don't want to... Obviously, I don't want to do anything that would help Trump. I don't believe that as a New Yorker, Mm -hmm. I am risking that. Right. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to vote for Biden, but I have my reservations and my concerns about him. And mm-hmm. I wonder at what point do we as progressives say, Democrats, you are taking us for granted by keep stuffing moderates down our throat. Uh, we never get what we really want and need and deserve as progressives. Um, and you know, we're going to go, we're going to take our votes somewhere else. So you start to see we can't take progressives for granted because black people are like, we feel taken for granted. Progressives definitely are taken for granted. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at what point do we start to say, hey, Democrats, you assume we're going to vote for you. So mm-hmm. maybe we shouldn't. So you start to go, wait, because the progressive movement in the Democratic Party is rising and yes. yet it's sort of stuck 
at a certain level, right? At a congressional level. Is it for really, right now? For right now. But like, are we really taking hold at a Senate level? Are we going to be able to get truly progressive uh, Democratic nominees? Not I think yet. that I, when, I, I don't when, think. I don't what think do he, we need to do yeah. to push the Democratic Party to say, you need to respect us as well? I don't think that we are going to get, I mean, look, when we look at the number of black senators that we've had in America, right? Um, I don't think that we are at a point yet where we are going to have statewide um, progressives in the way that you and I would like to see. I am happy with the way that things are moving in terms of congressional districts and people being able to claim their democratic socialism, um, being able to claim like outside of and coming for, frankly, those moderates, those moderate Democrats that have been sitting in Congress for 20, 30 years and doing nothing, right? And pointing to the fact that, hey, constituents, like I know that you're voting for the Democrat, but they haven't done shit. It is not is AOC not a serious threat to knock off uh, Kristen Gillibrand? I think that she will be. I think that she will be. I do. I think that she will be. I, mean, I think that black I think that she is showing she's showing City, force. If black and brown New York City turns out for AOC, if real progressives turn out for AOC, I think life becomes very difficult for Kristen Gillibrand, and I and I. Point at Gillibrand and not Schumer because I I suspect that Schumer is probably propped up by the Democratic establishment of New York in a way that Gillibrand is not. I also think that by the time AOC in the next couple of years, right? Uh, and I and I would assume, frankly, that this is on her big picture map of where she sees herself going and the power that she sees herself having. Um, that Schumer will be damn near retired by you know by then. To be mm-hmm. honest, he ain't maybe. young. Um, maybe I mean he's but, the Senate, he's 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 the minority leader, right? Who's eyeing possibly becoming the majority leader? Maybe this time. Maybe next time around. I also think that Schumer is part of the problem of the Democratic Party, if you want me to be honest about it. Absolutely. He is a complete, he is a problem. Absolutely. So I don't think that any, frankly, any Democrat that is middle of the road that has been doing horse trading on our backs for decades should get comfortable in the seat that they're in just because they have a certain title at this particular at this particular stage and point. But I do think that the AOCs, the Richie Torreses, the the people that are coming up um, are hungry already and they're showing people that you have another option. What has happened for too long is that we haven't been presented in terms of Democrats. Of, in terms of Democrats with other options, right? It has always been either the middle of the road, uh, moderate Democrat or the Republican. Now we're seeing this splintering that's happening in very real ways. And so people have options and we're seeing, particularly here in New York, that when people have options, they choose, right? They choose differently. No, I mean, I'm not proud of the way that Chuck Schumer has led uh, the Democratic caucus to oppose Trump and Mitch McConnell. I'm not proud of the way that they have responded in the last few months to uh, the corona crisis in terms of coming up with solutions for workers, for everyday people. I mean, you know, obviously the Republicans have 
uh, control of DC, but you know Chuck Schumer and them, you know, could have done much more just in terms of presenting big ideas and allowing the country to see. Look, we're presenting real ideas, and they're just not taking them. Um, I have a vision of him kneeling. You know, it's still in fucking kente cloth, which I wish I could just get out of my mind. Um, and not, I mean, like, it's so low-hanging fruit, Danielle. It was so obvious to me in March and April that Congress needed to at least take extraordinarily seriously the notion of giving thousands of dollars to every American every month. This mm-hmm. is what many other countries have done to help themselves get out of the corona crisis. Yep. Just pay us to stay home. Don't give it to corporations. Give it to the workers so we don't have to worry about getting by so we can stay home. for. If Trump had said, we're giving every American – Two to three thousand dollars a month for six months, leading right up into November, he would have been reelected. If but the, I don't. I, but that's if the Democrats. Just, if the Democrats had said they, they're going to do that, at least it would have been like, here's a big idea that we're putting forward. We're the we're the party of ideas. But I, I have not heard people pushing for that for the big solutions that we need. That and the fact that oh, I don't know that. Chuck Schumer has pretty much rolled over for all of the 200 plus federal justices that fucking Mitch McConnell has steamrolled through. Have you heard a peep from Chuck Schumer like going to the go into the mat right in front of every camera, in front of every microphone, talking about how worthless, worthless these people are, how they are unqualified for the positions that they are in. Have you heard any of that? Nothing. He has said not a fucking thing. So not only do they not offer big ideas, they don't even offer resistance to what we know is a rewrite of the judicial map. They offer nothing. Our friend Jimmy Williams, who I was very close with at MSNBC, knows almost everything about the way the Senate runs because of his time working with Dick Durbin. In Congress, in the House of Representatives, it's a majority vote. In the Senate... Almost everything can be stopped by any single senator. There's tremendous pressure on people to not use that power, mm-hmm. but any single senator can raise his or her hand and stop anything in its tracks. Chuck Schumer is the mm-hmm. leader of the minority party. He could have said, we're not having any more of these ridiculous federal judges. We're stopping this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's not like Mitch McConnell can say, we won't allow you to have your legislative agenda. We're the minority party. We're the defensive party. But the defense has not actually happened in any robust way. And so here we are. Whatever happens with Trump, Biden wins in November. We are still stuck with the legacy of these ridiculous judges that they have put up on the court in front of us. We're going to I mean, be stuck I with just, them for years. We're going to be, we're going to be, we, you and I will be stuck with them for our lifetime, right? Your yeah. kids will most likely have them for a majority of their lifetime. Mitch McConnell purposefully has chosen 30 something year olds in right. lifetime 
appointments. Right. Right. So like the, the, the fact again, and this is, you know, I, I constant people tell me don't rail against Democrats. Like we need to back Democrats and we need to be on the same side. I wish that Chuck Schumer was on our side. I wish that Chuck Schumer was like, you know what? I may be in the minority, but I ain't going down without a fight. The people are going to hear from me. The people are going to hear from us. They're going to know that there is an alternative that is here, that we are the people that are fighting. We are the resistors. But that is not I, what they I, offer. I it is never even what they say. I completely reject the notion that we cannot be critical of the Democratic Party. We cannot be critical of Chuck Schumer or Joe Biden because somehow that helps Trump. If, if we cannot be critical of and supportive of these people at the same time, if Democrats cannot criticize the Democratic Party from within the Democratic Party, we are completely lost. I don't mm-hmm. need to be silent about the things that we want and are not getting from Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer uh, and Nancy Pelosi. Of course we can be critical of these people and also Democrats. Uh, this notion of of you know any comment that is at all critical of biden in particular is immediately throwing the election to trump is absurd he's winning by eight to ten points he's close in texas he's destroying in michigan i mean like he's winning with seniors i mean like almost every single metric shows Biden winning in a significant way. And I don't even mean like the 99%, the 99% sort of numbers, that's meaningless. You're winning with seniors. Dems haven't won seniors since 2000. Last I saw, the race was two points among white people. White people. Dems have not been competitive with white people in decades. We cannot also, as you know, get caught up in the polls because the polls, they don't vote, right? You have to, we have to understand this is a snapshot of where we are at this moment, but we all receive the same fucking snapshot. I know that you get so upset because you love you a poll and I get it. That's fine. It makes and you it's feel not about good, a snapshot. Right? We've seen this trend line consistently for months. Biden has been beating the shit out of him over and over and over for months. What I am saying is this. There are people, majority of which, get really caught up in polls and then feel like, because we're in the midst of a pandemic, you know what? I don't have to risk it. I don't have to go and vote. He's going to win anyway. And what I'm saying is you all need to start acting and speaking and understanding that we are running against a fucking criminal organization. So it does not matter what the polls are saying in terms of a, fee, a free and fair election when you're running against a mob, right? So you have to kind of think outside of, oh, well, if all things go well, when have they gone well in the past three and a half years? Nothing has been going well. Obviously, so stop kidding yourself I, that like this is going to go smoothly. Obviously, I want everybody to turn out and vote. Obviously, no one should say Biden is winning by a significant amount so I won't vote. That is foolhardy. And I think folks who take seriously the existential threat that is not only Trump, but the GOP in general Mm -hmm. will say it doesn't matter 
that Trump, that Biden is winning, that lots of other people are saying they're going to vote for him, I need to go to the polls and actually pull the lever or check the box or whatever, put my slip into the computer. Slip into the, whatever the fuck you're doing. But, you know, I, I hear you. I hear many people talking about the fear of cheating. They are criminals. They are in bed with Russia. They will try any and everything. I just know from a lifetime of watching and playing sports, you can cheat and win a close game, but when you're getting blown the fuck out, <laughs> cheating will not save you. And so right let's now, just, this let's is hope look, and pray. Right now, we are trending toward a blowout. I will believe it's a blowout when I see lines that are wrapped around buildings and people have come prepared with chairs, with snacks, with fucking porta potties, with their friends so that they can switch about in line. Because I keep telling people this election is going to be about stamina. You need to get yourself prepared for what is being thrown at you. It is war. You don't go to your tennis matches without having worked out, without having trained beforehand. You don't walk, roll up on the court and go, okay, let's go for a fucking three-hour match. No, you come prepared. So I want Democrats, progressives, independents to realize they need to come prepared for November 3rd because this this race is going to be about stamina. It is not going to be about, oh, well, maybe I'll show up. Maybe I won't. Let's hope Let's hope and pray that this is the one line Trump won't cross. Get the fuck out of here. Right? So I just, you know, want people of to course. wake up to that. Especially in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Florida. Pennsylvania. Arizona. Florida, Arizona, Arizona. Texas. Need you. Need you. Come out. <sighs> just saying. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And we will be back next week. Assuming. If, if and assuming there is a country. <laughs> there is a country and Kanye's not running it. Pray about it. Pray about it. <laughs>